0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 97 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, the Cleveland Bay. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips. Visit them at equestriancollections.com. And The Barn Works, for all of your equine marketing needs, visit them at thebarnworks.com.
2: Bring the news through hail high water while using their tails as a wrong fly spotters so sit on down and laugh till your poop cause
0: it's time again for stable school stable school stable school stable school this is Glenn the geek And this
1: is Helena B. and you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network.
0: Well, we're back, Helena. We're back indeed. We get to do this two times a week now. It's so much fun. (laughs) It is. We just have to keep our shows right, though. Yeah, I know. Before you started, you were like, okay, Stable Scoop, Stable Scoop, (laughs) Stable (laughs) Scoop. I, what do you think I feel like?
1: <laughs> I, I don't, I wouldn't, you must have like big flashing lights. You know, what? <laughs> you know what we need to put the, um, you know, the big, uh, stop clock that yes. we had for the, uh, the yes. show? you need to have something like that with the with logos the show name on it. Yeah.
0: Like a neon. So I have the <laughs> blinking neon on my wall here
1: or a little, a little microphone feed in your ear that says, Hey Glenn, this is the stable. Scoop stable Scoop show. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, this is the Stable Scoop Radio Show, and we're happy to be here, and we're going to have some fun today talking about a breed of horse. We haven't done breeds in a while. No, but, no. But before we get to that, I wanted to say that on the 2010 radio show this week, everybody should stop over there. Samantha and I got to go on location downtown Lexington for the 100-day celebration. And it was 100 days out from the World Equestrian Games, and Alltech held an event downtown at Cheapside Park. So we were down there, and we recorded a bunch of interviews, and and it was a lot of fun, and you can listen to that show, and you hear the music playing really loud in the back, and it was just a good time, and, and we enjoyed it, and we think you will, too. We also got one of the uh, people that we've been trying to get on the show. And that's Everett McCorvey, who is the person who uh, the gentleman, very nice guy, very intelligent, articulate guy who is a very talented guy who is the guy running the World Equestrian Games opening ceremonies.
1: Oh, okay. And
0: boy, it gave me confidence that they they gave that to him. He was so well spoken. He is a very talented musician of all sorts. Uh, he is, uh, he's president, I think of the opera society here. And he also works with the, uh, Uni- university of Kentucky, uh, okay. with their musical program. And he, it just has some neat plans for the opening ceremonies and, and we're looking forward to that. And he was on the show. So, so tune in and we also, you'll find out why there were penguins here in a hundred degree heat that day. um, And also an update, uh, July the 10th is National Helmet Awareness Day, and we are participating in that. We'll be doing a whole show on helmets next week, and, uh, we have some interesting guests for you next week, some poignant, uh, it's going to be a little more serious show than you and I usually do, but, uh... But oh, we're na- going to
1: talk about how easy it is to wear a helmet.
0: Yes, and and you know we're and and we're going to you know we're going to hear some stories, and we're also going to talk about the different types of helmets, and you know why there's 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 so many choices now. It's not like the old days where there used to be right. one type of helmet, right? Um, right. you so know, many there's choices. cool ones now, like that one we reviewed on Tack and Habits, which is a really cool helmet.
1: That was a nice one, the Traxxel, very nice one. And the other thing too is, um, you we're going to share some stories that, and and you're going to learn some things that you. Didn't know about helmets and heads. Right. You think you know what there is to know, but you don't until you listen to our show.
0: So that's coming up next week, and that's in support of the National Helmet Awareness Day. So on July the 10th, what's happening, I think it's a Saturday. Yeah, it's a Saturday. There are now, I think she said, dozens and dozens of retailers and helmet manufacturers across the world that are participating in this and offering big discounts on that day, up to 20% off helmets. And I'm talking Charles Owens and Troxel. i a new helmet. I know. All the different helmet companies are participating that day, and most of the major, major retailers. Mm-hmm. So you, you, you will have no excuse. You know, after we talk to you about it, there will be no excuse not to go out on July the 10th and, and buy a helmet. So... Okay. Um, that's what's coming up there. So we're excited about that. And then the other thing is we are going to, uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, have, there's been something that, I'm not even going to say what it is at this point. There's been something people have been emailing about for the last six months. And we've been ignoring it, but we're not going to ignore it anymore. And we'll we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks. But today, we have the update with Kathleen. You weren't you weren't around, but I got to talk to Kathleen when she was available this morning.
1: I know it's hard to get. Uh, yeah, you have <laughs> Kathleen's to do it when available she, at strange hours. Yeah,
0: when you got to do it when she's available. So <laughs> this is true. Well, you know, when you don't have cell coverage in some places, she, and she has some fun things that happened in the last week, and we're talking about Kathleen's wild ride across the country. She's now in week like five, I think, and uh, was held up for a couple days in Buell, Iowa, uh, yeah, is that right? Or Idaho, one of those states. Um, what's I ID? I, I Idaho. Idaho. Okay, yeah, so she I,
1: Iowa is I A.
0: Okay, so she's stuck in Buell, Idaho. See, she, tune into the Stable Scoop show <laughs> know, and learn some geography. geography. <laughs> and she uh, was having a wonderful time there in town. She found a new favorite bacon cheeseburger. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she's going to tell us a little bit about what she's been up to since we spoke to her last week, and that's uh, Kathleen on her cross country journey. Well, hi Kathleen, <laughs> and welcome back to the show.
2: Hi Glenn, how are you
0: doing? I'm doing good. Now you're uh, you're camped out about. We figured out that you've gone probably what 75, maybe 100 miles from where we talked the last time.
2: Yeah, I think that's about right.
0: And you're in a town called Buell, which is uh, in Idaho, right? right almost right in the middle of Idaho, actually.
2: Yeah, just about that center.
0: And now you've been in Buell for how long? You've been there for a day or two?
2: I've been here for three days. Okay. I came um, on Monday, and then I was supposed to take my saddle up that my friend Jill sent me from West Virginia on Tuesday, which I did. That we both forgot that his girth was too big, or cinch was too big for my horse, and he didn't get me an, another one, and I didn't get one, so I had to find another cinch.
0: And they didn't really have those in Buell, did they?
2: <laughs> <laughs> no. We tracked both stores here in Buell, and then we contacted the, the ones up in Twin Falls and one another one over in Jerome, and they didn't have any offie cinches, and so there's a saddle maker here in Buell, and so I called him, and... He really was sorry he couldn't help it. All he makes is buckaroo saddles, and so he had no idea how to put together an Aussie cinch.
0: <laughs> well, now, yeah, the Aussie cinches are different. Uh, so you are switching to an Australian saddle, so so why why are you doing that?
2: Uh, for two reasons. The first reason is because Mr. Got saddle sores for my English saddle because it's, the panels are so small and it concentrates the weight. And the second reason is because my English saddle is still a little uncomfortable for me to ride in for long, lengthy periods of time. So yeah. we're hoping that the Australian saddle will alleviate this sore issue for me and for the mayor.
0: Well they're really made for that. I mean they're made for long you know, long hauls. Um, that's why we're, they were designed. I think I used to ride in an Australian saddle I think you're gonna I think you're gonna enjoy that a little bit.
2: Oh I hope so and my thing I'm really excited about is it has a horn and I never thought it would be one to be
0: excited about a saddle
2: horn, but I can finally bally that rope off that baby and I'll quit holding it. Exactly. And the other day, my hand cramped up so bad. Well, my hand cramped up so bad the other day, I actually considered shooting myself in the hand to make <laughs> it so <stop>. cramping. <laughs>
0: let's not, and let's not, not go that to doing me. that out on the trail. That wouldn't be good. <laughs> <laughs> so. Oh, <laughs> and If I remember right, some of the Australian saddles sort of have the sideways horn, too, don't they? It sort of points out to the side a little bit. Or is this one going to be... Uh, yeah, st- but-
2: it's straight up. It's
0: straight it's up. Like a rig Okay, well, that'll be good for tying off uh, the pack horse. <clears throat> well, good. That's super. So, what's what's been the yeah, highlight be of the great.
2: week? Oh well, you know, it's an odd highlight. Um, well, there's a couple things.
0: I actually fell off for the first time this trip. You did? Oh yeah. <laughs> oh no! What on a road?
2: <laughs> well, yes and no. So we'll, we'll we'll do the lead up to this. Okay. Uh, the people that I stayed with, before I am here are absolutely, were absolutely wonderful. It was Monty and Diane. I believe their last name is Bruin. I'm really bad with names. Everybody knows this by now, and they were absolutely wonderful. I mean, Monty got his shoe to come and replace um, delightful back shoes for me, and he worked with her and and made sure that she was you know she was calm and happy with the shoeing, and she was perfect. And Diane jumped on the phone and got a massage therapist to work on both the horses and then one for me. And so I was when I got here to Buell, I had everything set up for me, but when I left their place, you know Monty had rearranged my pack saddle so it would quit rubbing on delightful and I decided, oh, the girl's a little loose, so I stopped and got off to tighten up her cinch, and then when I went to go get back on again, as I swung my leg over the back of the saddle, mystic put her head to the ground and literally ran backwards and so I did a somersault over the ice I swung up. <laughs> Yeah, too bad nobody was around with a camera, because that probably was a fairly entertaining picture.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Were you okay, I hope? You're laughing, so I'm assuming.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I'm fine. I landed on my leg and kind of banged it up a bit, but, you know, (laughs) I'm not that hurt. It ended up getting pretty funny. I was laughing pretty hard while I was trying to look like I was mad at her, so it was a little difficult to be all that convincing.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm glad you were okay. We don't need you getting hurt at this point.
2: No, no, I'm fine. Now I've I'm been reading. I
0: got here. I've been reading the blog, and finally, you, there are some pictures coming in, which is good. It's nice to see some pictures of you out there. Um, and and it's funny. There is a theme here, though, Kathleen, and the theme is I'm seeing you pictures in front of the cafe sign that says "Try Our Buffalo Burger." So, <laughs> did did you? <laughs>
2: That was at the Austin house. And actually, I tried their bacon cheeseburger, which wasn't the buffalo burger. I didn't realize that till after I ordered it, or I would have tried the buffalo burger. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that was, they, they were great. That was Christy and Jeff. And they actually drove all the way into um, Bronson and brought me a, a care package, like, three or four days later. <laughs> it's
0: it's so interesting too the one picture you have is of mystic and delightful which by the way if you've just started listening is Kathleen's horses um are stabled sort of like in the middle of town it looks like on on the grass by a uh by a um little picnic table and there's this big oh,
2: big,
0: big building yeah, beside it
2: yeah, that's in Shanico, Oregon. It's a ghost town. And actually, yeah, when I got there, they let me tie my horses up next to the wagon shed. And <laughs> let me graze them in a big field in the of town. This
0: is like something yeah, out of an old a- movie.
2: I know. It's actually been really cool. People are, I mean, I've had my horses... Tied or left overnight in people's backyards, fenced-in backyards. <laughs> well, <laughs> like, oh, my yard's pretty tall. Why don't you take them out back? They can eat that grass <laughs>
0: well, we, Anybody yeah. that wants to see these can see the pictures that. Uh, and there's some pictures of Buell here too. You got uh, a couple of pictures. Buell, by the way, is just what I would imagined it to be. Um, yeah. Kind of, kind of one of those uh, sort of midwestern towns.
2: Yep, it is a cool little town. It's uh, you know, just about everything you can find in little quantities.
0: And that's uh you can follow uh, uh Kathleen's trip on Facebook. Just search for Kathleen's Wild Ride and you can become a fan, then you're picking up fans every day and, and your your home crew, your support crew at home there in Oregon's doing a good job of keeping everybody up to date too.
2: Oh yeah, Mary and Jay have been absolutely wonderful. Mary calls me every night and bugs me to death until I call her back and give her an update. She even threatened to send the Idaho Mafia after me if I didn't call
0: her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's being uh, very, uh, very motherly in this whole thing. <laughs> I know. And by the way, funny. she's going to hate me for saying that. I'm going to get her about that. <laughs> I'm going to be in trouble. She would probably agree with you. And then there's another. Angry the other day. There's another picture on Facebook that, uh, of course, you you you, you uh, This is not a view I expected. Uh, picture coming in from you uh, of the butt end of a horse uh, in a harness. So you got a little carriage ride while you were out there.
2: I've gotten a couple. That's actually been the highlight for me for this week, is the people that I'm staying with are Penny and Fred Hodges. They're a really cool family here in Buell, and Fred re- refurbishes and builds carts and carriages for either decoration or use, and his wife Penny drives, you know, and she drives everywhere, and she goes through parades and everything. And So she took me out with her mare, Cindy, and we went for a cart ride around this area. We did another one last night, and I've got to say, you know, I'm thinking the next time I go across the country... I'm taking a team and a cart.
0: I'm with you, by the way. I'm a driver, so I think that that would be a wise move. And It looks like uh, you were j- driving a Belgian there, is what it looked like.
2: It's actually a halflinger.
0: Oh, it is? Okay, I couldn't see the stripe down the main.
2: Actually, it's a pair of halflingers.
0: Oh, wow, cool. Well, it's that's a lot strange. of fun.
2: Black and a, a, black and, a black pony, a white pony, and a black and white pinto pony to go in a unicorn harness. That she's getting them ready to go so she can start taking them on
0: parades, too. We should explain to people what a unicorn harness is, for those that aren't familiar.
2: It, it would be two next to each other and one leading.
0: That's right. So there's so
2: it's a 3 team. Two in the you
0: back, one by, in the front. Yep. And what's it called? Okay, testing you here, Kathleen. What's it called when you have two in a row? They're not side by side, but you have one in front of the other.
2: You know, I have no idea.
0: No, I'm trying to remember. Like, I should know that. Um,
2: Oh, what's it called? Crazy, dangerous, really fast.
0: (laughs) They do it. Um, I can't remember. I'm going to have to look that one up now. (laughs) Well, are you still having fun?
2: You know, I am actually having a ball. I mean, even when I get stuck waiting, it has been wonderful here. The, the, The people in this town have treated me really well. Penny and Fred have been absolutely wonderful. It's just everybody. I mean, today I went over and met the man who started and runs Silver Lining Horse Supplements, and he hooked me up with all sorts of supplements for the horses for this trip and south to make sure that if they got hurt, that they could get healed up pretty fast. And, you know, it's just been wonderful. Everybody's so great, and I'm still having a, just a great time.
0: Well, that's good. And, you know, we, we did have some requests on the blog, and I, I don't know if you're doing this, but I'm going to strongly encourage you to do it is if you're not doing a diary, if you don't have a diary going every night, you really should, because there, you really should be writing a book after all this is done. Um,
2: well, and, I'm a horrible diary person. I do my diary entries once a week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know. See, I'm trying to get you to, to do that more often, because you, you're meeting so many cool people, and, and they have so many interesting stories. Even if you wrote one or two lines every night, just to remind you... Um, I think that that would be would help you a lot when you actually go to write the book and if, and they did reference a book too I wanted to mention to everybody on on your on Facebook on your site called Last of the Saddle Tramps which apparently is a lady that did this same thing in in 1950 something and what was interesting in what little I read about this book is she encountered the same thing you're encountering that's the wonderfulness of people um, oh and, it is amazing. Yeah, so so uh, so, and then and then the comments kept coming in that uh, everybody wanted to see your book. So I'm just saying.
2: <laughs> well, I plan on writing a book when I'm done. I take pictures and I'll try and get my Wonder Woman diary out and put more entries in it every night so that I can remember <laughs> a little better details. <laughs>
0: So if Mary's your your mom, I'm your dad. I'm going, hey. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
2: if you're my dad, I'm going to hit you up for a loan here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What was that address again? Wait, you're breaking up. (laughs) (laughs) Kathleen, it's been great talking to you again, and good luck over the next week, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week, and hopefully this saddle will help your butt and the horse's back. Oh,
2: I hope so, and thank you, Glenn. I'll talk to you all next
0: week. This is the Geek and Helena B. back with you, and it's all about a breed that you know very well.
1: Well, I don't know it very well, but I... It, but you owned it one. It was. I owned one for a very short time. <laughs> and it's a I,
0: rare breed, so that's a special thing.
1: Yes, and I adored him. I loved him. He was definitely the favorite in the barn.
0: <laughs> now you have something in common with royalty, who also particularly like this breed.
1: We're going to talk today about the Cleveland Bay they're uh, as you said you know they are they're a rare but but fascinating breed and of course there's there's a group out there who adore them as much as i do and are working very hard to preserve the breed they're known for their stamina strength and jumping ability uh they are still popular with enthusiasts and royalty around the world and um just listen in we're going to explore the world of the cleveland
0: bay all right we're to help us do that we're going to have a co-host with us today Her name, and she's been on the show before, and her husband has as well in the Horse Husband episode, and she's a good friend of ours by the name of Michelle Bergeron. She's our Cajun friend from down in Louisiana at Wright-Lead Equestrian Center, and she she owns one of the Champion Cleveland Bays, and she's going to join us and sort of guide us through the world of Cleveland Bay. We haven't done this in a while, the breed episode.
1: No, I think the last one we did was what, the Morgans?
0: Yeah. And, you know, we should do this more often. There's so many of them. If we keep up at this rate, it's going to take us 20 years. I know. So, we <laughs> That's should... right. We have it. <laughs> it's true. We're going to be because around.
1: Time. We're, we're just going, going to kick her out about around anyway. To
0: <clears throat> so he, we're going to get uh, Michelle on right now, and we're going to learn a little bit more about the Cleveland Bay right after this commercial from Equestrian Collections. Equestrian Collections brings the whole universe of equestrian shopping to your fingertips. Any given day, they have over $100 million of products for you to choose from. They know that riding and taking care of your horse takes up lots of your time, so Equestrian Collections is open for you 24-7. And their advanced technology allows you to find exactly what you need on the website and to check out in a little under 7 minutes. This week, I wanted to encourage you to check out their 10th sale and closeout sections. They have 42 pages of closeout and discounted merchandise for you at unbelievable savings. From riding shirts to bits to stirrups to helmets, and the list goes on and on. And the prices I see here just cannot be beat. Plus, if you use the coupon code 10DISCOUNT at checkout... You will get an additional $10 off your order of $120 or more. That's 10, 10 1, 1, discount to get that additional $10 off, even the marked down items in the closeout section. Visit equestriancollections.com today. Well, Michelle, welcome to the Stable Scoop show. It's always good to have you on. Thank you. You're, you know, we're looking forward to having your, you and your husband come up and join us for the World Equestrian Games.
3: I can't wait. It be I cannot so much wait fun. to get there, and, and it's going to be so much cooler there than it is here,
0: and I think Helena might even be staying with us around the same time, and you know what's nice about that? Mm-hmm. Helena is her husband's a chef, and he'll cook for us.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. we love that <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: he will he now how how Michelle want. has stayed about five foot and and zero pounds is beyond me <laughs> but but <laughs>
3: Well, there's lots to do at the farm.
0: That's true. (laughs) So, Michelle, you've been on talking about other things. You do tips with Mm -hmm. me also over on Horse Tip Daily. Mm -hmm. But today we're talking about one of your favorite breeds, and that's the Cleveland Bay. Tell us a little bit about the history of the Cleveland Bay and how they came to be here. And, 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 you know, just tell us about the Cleveland Bay.
2: Okay.
3: Um, The stud book and the cleveland bay horse society which is based out of england uh originated in the early 1880s and at that point it, it was recognized that this was a very old breed um the exact origins are not precisely known what we do know as is is that these horses um, were bred by the monasteries and used by the um, chapmen, uh, which were just sort of packmen and, and peddlers back then. Um, they eventually became recognized as, as being super strong and, and very easy to work with. Um, and and gained a little attention there. Um, And we all know about the the barb horses that were imported into England, creating the thoroughbred breed, helping to be the foundation for the thoroughbred breed. Well, those horses were crossed with these Chapman horses, and they got to be real popular as a coaching horse. Um, And so we started uh, to refer to those horses as the Yorkshire coach horse. And those were extremely popular right, with the royal families and the rich people in the area, starting to spread its way through England and to Europe. Um, after that, we, we had the rich people with the carriages. We had we had the everyday people working in the fields with their horses and with their Cleveland bays and they're plowing and they're doing farm work. And on the weekend, they're carrying the family around and being hunt horses. <laughs> so as, as the industrial revolution progressed, uh, they became less necessary in the fields. Uh, automobiles came along, they became less necessary as coaching horses um, World War I came along, and these horses, being very strong, very sturdy, very level-headed, easy to work with, became artillery horses in a lot of cases and didn't survive. Um, and so we ended up with a, a really rare breed, um, even to this day, less than 700 purebreds worldwide. Oh.
0: Worldwide? That's, wow.
3: <laughs> right. I, didn't right worldwide. I thought that
0: was in the United States.
3: No, that's worldwide. That's the latest numbers that I've seen worldwide.
0: Wow!
1: So, what would you say is the most um, defining characteristic of the Cleveland Bay, beside its color? Because I know the bay refers right. to, to, to it. Right. Um, so, what would you say? How would you describe the um, the overall temperament or disposition of this horse?
3: They are so straightforward. Um, after I had bought my mare, which was my first introduction to this breed, um, and I just after less than a week, I, I just remember thinking, "Why was I riding thoroughbreds all this time? <laughs> These horses keep their feet on the ground. They know where they're going. If I want her to settle, I can get her to settle. But if I want her to rev up, I can get her to rev up. Um, they're just—they're so trainable. They're—they're they're just." Pleasant to be around. They're pleasant to ride. Um, and now they're not deadheads, um, but they're not spooking at birds and trees.
0: They're kind of they're kind of like big teddy bears.
3: Yeah, that's a great way to say it.
0: Yeah, they really are. You know, I've met yours. You're a your, your fantastic beast.
3: Well, you uh, haven't met mine. Mine, I was I riding thought... Gracie last summer, and she belongs to another lady in the society. Oh, uh, Emma okay. was having... Uh, one of her uh, little hoof issues. And so Donna brought Gracie for me to ride. Oh, Marcy, if I had to ride that (laughs) beast, she's so much bigger than I need.
0: (laughs) It was a big horse.
3: (laughs) Yeah, she's half Percheron. Ah, um, okay. Yeah, she's tremendous. She's tremendous. But again, you know, another uh, horse that, that does all sorts of things. She was trained by the Amish. She pulls, she fox hunts. She, uh Donna rides her in a Headless Horseman costume at their haunted house.
1: That's um, fabulous. <laughs> it's, I love a horse you can are, dress up in costume. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and Gracie doesn't care. Gracie, when Emma comes, my horse, and Donna and I, when we go to Briarfest, uh, and Donna and I just ride out across the park and, you know, just kind of be goodwill ambassadors for the breed. And, and Gracie and Emma just take off and, you know, snort at the uh at the bronze statues and try to have a bite of them and, and just generally make friends with everyone.
0: Now, I know the name says Cleveland Bay, and they do mm-hmm. come mostly in bay, right?
3: Well, you cannot register them if they're not bay. Okay. They have to be bay with um, a small star is acceptable. Now, okay. there are purists that say no white, but the breed registry allows
0: oh, really? a star. right? Wow. Well. And did they have something to do with the Holsteiner crosses or the Holsteiners that weren't they?
3: These horses are foundation horses or blood was added in to improve the bone in the breed or the brain of the breed in a lot of the European warm bloods. Um, I believe the Oldenburgs and the Holsteiners can find them quite easily in their background.
0: And and then they're very popular, as I understand it, too, with the Queen of England.
3: Well, I'll tell you, the breed was in such dire straits in the 60s, um, and the Queen stepped in, and we're not sure that it would have survived had the Queen not stepped in. She purchased um, a stallion that was getting ready to be exported named Mulgrave Supreme, and he was a superior example of the breed. And she put him out for a public stud and became a patron of the Cleveland Bay Horse Society and really kick-started the modern era of the
1: Cleveland Bay.
0: Wow. Well, I guess, Helena, if you're going to have somebody be you know, a supporter of your society, the queen's not a bad one.
1: Nah, not a know, bad she choice. she'll do. She'll do. we'll take her if we have to. Everybody knows the queen, so yes, yeah. not a bad choice. So let's go back to um now the the, the Cleveland Bay is a riding horse. The mm-hmm. I had a a good friend who had a beautiful um Cleveland Bay mare that she invented through training mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. And um I, this mare was fabulous. She was just so like you said straightforward. It, it, yeah. y- you could rev her up or you could calm her down. Yeah. But I, I found it funny that a lot of people would snicker, um yes. when and in when she was in the start box, especially for cross country, and you'd get these mm-hmm. snickers because mm-hmm. I, I guess the, the Cleveland Bays are, are beefy. They've got some, some good bone. They're not really drafty, but they're solid, right? They're, they're right. Big. absolutely absolutely so but this girl I mean, this girl and her mare, they had more double clears than any of their contemporaries. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for what I found amazing was despite her size and, and her, her density, you know, I don't want right. to say fat or big, but she was a, a very right. dense mare. She was able to carry herself so beautifully Absolutely. and so Absolutely. elegantly that you would never think that, she, they, you know, she was as heavy as she was.
3: Exactly. And the cross that's extremely popular is the thoroughbred in the Cleveland Bay. You can get a half bread, you can get a three-quarter bread, and they'll just clean up they they are quiet yet alert um and they just they want to do my horse so, has never met a jump she did not love
1: what, well that's what what this uh, my friend and her mare had you she's just point her and and she'll go mm-hmm. and you know um wow hmm.
3: <laughs> And and hunters, too you've probably seen several of them out hunting helena
1: Yes, yeah. And yes, the in fact the one that's the one that I owned and I put quotation marks around owned because it was sort of an interesting situation. I sort of adopted him. Um, he was how old was he Glenn? He was in his thirties. Yeah, he was old. He was oh, wow. he was old and his owner was moving across the country and she couldn't take she didn't want to take him right. with her. She didn't want to ship him from the east coast to Colorado. So right. we said, Sure, we'll we'll take him and we'll put him in our lesson program and he can take some of the kids out hilltopping. Well <laughs> Let me tell you, he was. Let's go,
0: ready to roll. <laughs> yeah, thirty yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. He was, and yep. he would he would go. You didn't have to worry about him lagging behind.
1: <laughs> no, he packed. I, he he introduced more kids and, and beginner adults to the hunt field than than a, a lot of horses I know. That's
3: great, and they are very long lived as well. Easy keepers, long lived. You just I, okay. I'm so just what's the negative here? I didn't here? know about these horses. <laughs> Well, they're hard to find, unless they're, you know where you're yeah, they're probably
0: not cheap either, I guess, because... Yeah, of the, but
3: so yeah. many people think, oh, carriage horse. You know, when my agent said, I've got this horse for you to look at it, it's a Cleveland Bay, I went, are you crazy? What would I want a carriage horse for? That's how most people yeah. know of them. So, Yet they're
0: they're really best known for their jumping abilities. I mean, that's Absolutely. that's where we're... Well, let's get the first guest on here, because I yeah. know she's on a time frame. Tell us a yes. little bit about Cindy and wh- what her this story is. is
3: Cindy Bank, and Cindy owns probably the most famous Cleveland Bay of right now. He was the first winner of the Lifetime Achievement Award. His name is Idle Hour McHenry, and we all call him Henry or Hen. Uh, Henry has competed through fourth level. And he was the winner of the inaugural um, beginner-novice division at the AECs a couple years ago. He does uh, mounted police work with Cindy. He's just amazing. Uh, And Cindy's such a fun person. So we'll have a real good time talking to her.
0: When I'm looking at a picture of him right now, he's one attractive horse.
3: He's wow. a nice guy. He's a wow. really
0: nice guy. Impressive. Well, hi, Cindy, and welcome to the Stable Scoop Radio Show. We appreciate you being on, and we thank uh, Michelle for arranging all of this. And I know you are, you have a limited time here today. It sounds like you have a superstar on your hands. How did you come to to acquire this horse?
4: Um, um about. 15, 16, seventeen years ago, I, I had an old Cleveland Bay um, whose name was Simon, and I had gotten him when I was about 13 and just kind of grew up with him and did everything with him, and um, it kind of became time to retire him, and so I started looking for um, a youngster I wanted to, you know, try and do the baby route, and um, a friend of mine found an ad in... Um, uh, Midwest Hunter, Hunter and Sport Magazine for Cleveland Bays, and um, it turned out it ended up being Marilyn Webster, and so I gave her a call and explained my situation, and that I was looking for a youngster and I wanted a gelding, and I just wanted something that was going to be a good all-around horse and somebody you know to take over in Simon's shoes when he was fully retired, and um, ended up getting together with her and looking at a bunch of two-year-olds, and Henry was the first horse out of the barn. As a very unattractive two year old as they have a tendency to be. <laughs> they're
0: kinda of, kinda of awkward kept... looking, aren't they, when they're
4: Oh, very awkward yeah. and he had a big old jug head and a skinny <laughs> little neck and he was leggy and hippie you and you know everything you think of when you think of an ugly, you know, baby, but there was just something about him that every horse that came out after him I just kept comparing him to that, that Henry horse. And, um, you know, I said, you know, I took some pictures and I took a little video and, you know, said, well, thank you very much. I'm still looking. And everything, every video I got, I just kept comparing to that Henry horse. And um, Marilyn said that she really kind of knew that he was going to Ohio as soon as he came out of the barn and I saw him. You know, I didn't know that. And um, later that August, that the I way it always works. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of does. You know, there's it's just that kind of connection that you get when you, you know, meet a horse, you know. And um, I was really trying to fill some really pretty big shoes um, with my Simon horse. And um, Henry really kind of fit the bill. So in August, I called her and said, you know, can I send you a check? And I came and picked him up and brought him home. And just, you know, I didn't really have any major plans for him. I just kind of wanted to see what he would do. And um, I broke him myself. And um, I took him um, everywhere I could take him because, you know, you got to get him out there and show him stuff. And he just kind of did everything I asked him to do, and he just kind of turned into a really kind of a fine young individual and, you know, started really kind of stepping up to the plate and, you know, just had a really good attitude about things. So that's that's kind of how I how I got him. Um, you know, and like I said, I had probably looked at another dozen horses or so. You know, all geldings, I, you know, I would rather have a, a gelding than a mare. I don't, you know, get along real great with mares. And I know, you know, some people do, you know, that I'm not one of them. And, um, you know, at that time I had been eventing Simon and retired him from jumping. So I was kind of looking for... A horse that I could go eventing with and, you know, do some trail rides and, um, you know, a little bit of everything. And Hen just kind of really just kind of slipped right into the program real well. And it's, it's just me. Well now, and um, he kind of came along.
0: Well, now, you, and they're not known, they're known for jumping. We were just discussing that before you came on. But they're uh-huh. not really known for dressage all that much, yet you've gotten this, this boy up up the levels.
4: Well you know he's he's just very he's just really a kind of special guy you know he he's got a really one he's got great gates he's he's always had a really good walk and um I was very fortunate to find you know a really good trainer to work with um i became you know I was having a little trouble with the canner and I knew that it was something that I wasn't able to continue his education with so I went and um I went to one of the local trainers. And she wasn't taking any youngsters, but her um, associate was at the time. And um, her name was Jennifer Ernst. And I ended up um, becoming a working student for her. And she really kind of put some really good basics on Henry and started showing him and just started cleaning up. You know, scoring in the you know, upper 60s, just the training level. And he was four at the time. And um, so I ended up working with her, and um, she ended up moving, you know, getting married and moving away. And so I ended up working with another trainer at the barn, um, Lauren Baltoesdale And Lauren's really the one that really kind of took Henry's career off in the dressage. And she showed him through fourth level. Wow. And we got, um, you know, he, he, he was always in the ribbons. You know, he he won, you know, many, many year-end awards. He was always in the top three in the Performance Horse um, Awards program with the Cleveland Bay Horse Association. Um, She was also able to take him to um, the USDF Musical Freestyle Symposium, and we qualified to do the Young Horse um, tryouts, you know, he, he didn't make it. It was not a great show. Um, there were some weather issues and, you know, he was still, he was only five at the time. So, you know, he was having some issues there, but, you know, he's, he you know, he ended up becoming a member of the American and Blood Society, um, through his, um, time at the, um, symposium, he was given a membership. And so he's gotten quite a number of year end national level awards. Through their group as well.
0: Wow. Now,
4: has he has
1: all of the, his successes created a, a buzz about the, the Cleveland Bay and the dressage world? I mean, do people um, would people come up to you and say, uh, "What kind of you know what breed is that"? Or, or... A lot of
4: people yeah, a lot of people do come up to him and say, Oh, what what breed is he? And I tell them and either they've never heard of him and they're or they're very excited to see, Oh wow, that's a Cleveland Bay, okay, you know, or you know, at this stage of the game now that he's fifteen years old now, he um a lot of people are like, Oh, that's you know, that's Ottawa McHenry, oh I've I've read about him or <laughs> I've seen him, you know, and oh this is this is really great to see him or or people kind of see Hen's name of the program and go, Oh, great! I hope he's not in my class. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's
0: so you awesome. always want the we horse that of... that happens. That's the horse yeah. you want to own.
4: <laughs> yeah, and he really he gets out there, and he he loves to go out there, and he loves to do things. He he loves to go places. He gets you know all excited when he sees the trailer, and I think that's because I've been taking him all kinds of fun, different places ever since he was you know a baby, and even when he was when I got him, he was two. And he was, you know, not broke. I didn't break him until just after he turned three. Um, But I tried to take him as many places as I could and do, you know, the in-hand, you know, classes in-hand. You know, around this area, the 100 jumpers are very popular. And there really wasn't a lot of the in-hand dressage classes. Um, So I took him knowing that I was going to be going and getting last because he's got a lot of suspension, and that's, you know, not for a hunter, that doesn't work real well. They want them a little bit more flatter and, you know, a little more even-keeled. And, and we would go in there, and I did it just strictly for the experience, you know, to get him out there and say, hey, this is the show world. Look at all the excitement. Learn to deal. Well, and we go out there. And apparently he did. Last or second to last. I mean, he'd, he'd get his butt kicked in the in-hand stuff. And I went up to the judges, and I'm like, you know, is there anything that I can do to improve my performance for the next time? Because I myself had not done a lot of enhanced stuff. And they're like, well, what do you have to do with him? And I said, well, hopefully he's going to be my upper level dressage horse. They're like, if this were a dressage suitability class, he would have won. Okay. Mm. So they yeah. basically said that the reason he didn't do better in the hunter-in-hand class was because he moved like a dressage horse. Yeah,
0: he's not a hunter. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, there's nothing I can do for that. They're like, why did you bring your dressage horse to yeah. a hunter show? I'm like, to give him experience and exposure to horse shows. They're like, then continue doing exactly what you're doing and don't worry about your your poor placings. Right. And now, I didn't, you know. I mean, that you know, was the goal was to go out there and show him how to do everything, and then, you know, when he was old enough to be broken, then, you know, we went and, you know, went in the show ring, and, you know, came home with ribbon after ribbon after ribbon.
0: Now Michelle you know, said though no, he's he, something she said something that fascinated both both Helene and I, and that was she mentioned mounted posse.
4: Yeah, I um, I belong to a group called the Lake Metro Parks Volunteer Mounted Posse. Um, we are a mounted patrol group we're part of the Ranger Department here in lake County ohio and um we will we have five ranger horses, but we can also use our own horses and This is a program I did with Simon and knew that you know Henry would have to then follow in his footsteps um, Mostly we help out the Ranger Department and um, we do things like park patrols we'll do um, special educational special special events where we will go to schools or we'll have groups come to um, our our main facility and we will give programs on what it takes to be uh, a volunteer you know with with the unit or um, what the horses do and how we train them and what not so they, they, you know, I mean, we do part, the park patrols are mostly, you know, we go out into the park system and we ride around, and we make sure everything is where it's supposed to be, and you know, nobody's lost, and you know, everybody's just kind of following the rules. So it's kind of, you know, just a nice trail ride. And you go out with a partner. We don't carry weapons at all. And um, we are Well, who needs like, one
1: when you're on a Cleveland Bay? <laughs> exactly.
4: Exactly. You know, and he's, he's 17 hands now. He's probably about 1,400 pounds, so he's got quite a bit of presence. Um, you know, people really kind of listen to you when you're up there.
0: Well, so he's, a, he's, he's, he's a beautiful horse, too. I mean, he's... Shi- oh, thank you. The, the one thing about the Cleveland Bays, and I know this is going to sound silly, some horses clean up really well and end up for, for the show ring being really shiny they are just mm-hmm. certain breeds that really come across that way, you know, just yeah. to sparkle, and Cleveland Bays do that. Um,
4: yeah, henry, Henry's henry got quite a bit of copper in his coat. He's got, like, a lot of that really pretty red copper, and in the springtime and the fall, he sheds out, and he gets the most amazing dapples. I was you know, just about, about to say, really, a lot
3: of these horses have just dapple on dapple on dapple, and they're yeah, so yeah. fantastic just to look at.
4: <laughs> yeah, and he just he just shimmers. I mean, you know, he, he loves to go out there and wallow in the mud. Um, but you know, when he gets to bath he shines right up and, you know, the the way he's he's muscled he just kinda kinda shimmers. Which is great. And then um, you know, we also do what's called nuisance training in our unit. And um, that's basically their trust exercises, and you're teaching the horse that, um, you know, trust between the horse and the rider. And the Cleveland Bays are very, very intelligent, um, sometimes a little too intelligent. They'll over- Henry likes to over-engineer things, <laughs> and he's quite convinced that there's way more to the exercise than simply walking across the tarp. Yeah. So wow. sometimes you know, and sometimes <laughs> we should be walking across it. the
0: tarp back way, backwards and sideways, <laughs> because yeah, that would yeah. be much and more once, of a challenge.
4: It's kind of like once they figure it out, they're like, "Oh, okay, I got it." Yeah, you know, and then and then they're good to go. But sometimes they kind of get their brain working a little too hard, and they like to um, you know think there's just more to it.
0: Those damn And
4: I've
3: found that that you have to keep it so fresh because that once they do figure it out. They bore easily, and mm-hmm. they will come up with their own scenario. So yeah. you've, yeah, got, we'll to, you've got to be clicking in your brain as well to right. keep these horses interested and happy because uh, they'll go off and find something to make themselves happy. Are right, they good right.
1: communicators? Like, are they articulate in, in communicating to you what, what their state of mind is or what they're thinking or what they want?
4: Um, Henry, Henry, as a whole, is very eager to please. Um, but when he doesn't want to do something, you certainly know it. And there's almost nothing you can do to convince him that you really and truly can do it. Um, I found that a lot of times, all I have to do is raise my voice at him, you know, and tell him, you know, no, that's not acceptable. And he's like, okay, I'm sorry. You know, <laughs> and he'll continue on. Um, Simon, really, all you had to do was glare at him. I mean, he just was so eager to please that, you know, that's all you had to do. And he felt terrible if he got yelled at and he would go and he would sulk, Uh
0: you
4: know, Henry kind of sits there and he goes, well, you know, my way was right, but I'll give your way a try. (laughs) You know, if it's, if it's something that he didn't want to do in the first place.
1: And what about Um, things that they do want to do? I can, are they exuberant or, you know, some horses are just like, yeah, whatever, I'll do what you want. And and others are like, woohoo, let's go. Yeah, um, it, de- it
4: depends on what the activity is with Hen. Hen gets to the show and he's all business. Mm. You know, I mean, you kind of, you, you warm up in the ring and he's, you know, okay, you know, I can do that. And then he gets, he gets into that arena and you start going around and he's like, everybody needs to get out of my way because I'm doing my thing. Uh, and, you need Emma and you need to shut up and you need to watch me do it
3: I love that. Emma too It's I have to go in school Emma off by herself because if somebody starts cutting up in that warm up arena she's going to go over there and handle the situation and explain yeah. to them that that is not appropriate behavior <laughs> this is how we behave yeah. at the horse show this so I have really to go off do. by
4: myself that's funny you know, Hen, will just, Hen doesn't care if you come into his space he's like this is my circle and you, you need to move away from me <laughs> and I found that sometimes I have a tough time. Sometimes getting him off the line, he's like, "I'm doing shouldering down the long side, and you're in my way, and I'm going to keep going." <laughs> so he really he gets very focused on the job, and it's you know sometimes hard to convince him that yeah, well we're going over here now. He's like, "Yeah, but I'm not done with this yet."
0: <laughs> well, you Cindy, know, we know. We know that you're on a time frame here today and that you have an appointment to get to. Thank you very much for being on with us and congratulations on Idle oh, Hour McHenry. Much. And we'll put a link in our show notes uh, to some pictures of him so people can check him out. Uh, oh,
4: wonderful. I mean, he's kind of been there, done that. You know, he's he's evented very successfully. Um, he was 2007. He was the American War and Blood Society Eventing Horse of the Year. He was the United States Equestrian Federation Lower Level Horse of the Year. Um, he won the American Eventing Championships Beginner Novice wow. in 2006. Um, you know, he's got quite a number of year end, um, you know, success rates in 2000. And, um, and in 2000, he was sixth place USDF, United States Dressage Federation, first level, um, sixth place at at the national level. So these, these horses can go on and, you know, be very competitive, you know, nationally against Dutch Warmbloods and Frisians. And, you know, they're just kind of a great all-around good-brained good brained horse.
0: Well, we're rooting for you. Thank you, Cindy. Oh, well, thank you so much. All right.
4: Bye. Take care. All right. Have a, all right thanks, Michelle.
0: Well, Michelle, that was, it was we appreciate you getting Cindy on, and she sounds like she's very proud of Henry.
4: Oh, just a
3: little bit. Could you tell?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, now we have a guest coming on, our second guest of the day, and Michelle, tell us a little bit about Do- Dr. Traver.
3: This is Dr. Tracy Traver. She is currently the president of the Cleveland Bay Horse Society of North America. She also owns Ridgemore Farms in Tennessee, She has two breeding stallions that are also competing, which is very, very rare in our breed. Um, She is on all sorts of other boards and involved with other organizations. She's a triathlete. She's a doctor. She gets to ride Jacob Tutu in her lessons sometimes. (laughs) Tracy's just got it all covered.
0: Well, hi, Tracy, and welcome to the show.
3: Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Did she make you sound really good? she did yeah i thought she did <laughs> yeah. too when do you have time up. to do doctoring it sounds like you don't have time to do doctoring
3: well it comes first
0: oh does it okay
3: then everything else comes after that
0: being a triathlete uh, on its own is is amazing
3: well i just started doing that this year so now, i'm doing the sprint so they don't take too much too much training or too much time relative oh. to the other ones
0: okay all right well, well still sounds like a lot of work to me so tell us you know tell us about the society. How many members are there? I imagine with that number of horses in the world, there aren't a whole lot of members.
3: actually, considering the number of horses, we have quite a few members. We're lucky. Um, we have right now about a hundred and twenty members um, and we get members all the time, so it's hard to keep that real accurate but and that's pretty consistent. It fluctuates by less than ten percent, I would say.
0: Now, do you keep the books here in the United States, or is that still kept in England?
3: Well, there's two, There's actually three societies in the in the world. Um, there's the society here in North America, and then there's a society in England or in the United Kingdom, and they keep the um, the breed information there. As far as if you register your horse, you have to go there to register okay. the horse. We don't have a registry.
0: Okay. So what does the society here do? I assume you participate in events. I know one of the ones that you, uh, you participate in is the Briar Fest, because that's where I see Michelle.
3: Yes, we, um, we try to go to Briar Fest every year. That's relatively new. Um, we have an annual general meeting in November, usually, where our members can come and uh, socialize and talk about society and things like that. Um, different people do d- different things with society support, like um, there's Upperville Colton Horse Show. That um, the Cleveland Bay has been a part of since it started.
0: That's in Virginia. Um,
3: off and on, yeah, in yeah. Virginia. Yeah, that's and a very
0: have... big show, and it's a very fun show.
3: Yeah, it we really had a big is. booth there, and we have a class there every year.
0: Have you ever yeah. been to Upperville at all, Helena? Uh,
1: through it, yes.
0: Yeah, been... okay.
3: So we do that, um, and then there There's are people that expos- go to the Hoosier Horse Fair. I think yeah. I'm trying to remember some of the names: the Mid East Horse Fair. Um, if, if there's a prey they'll... to
1: breeds, if it's close to a member, usually one of us is there. Yeah, right, and so of course,
0: what, go ahead, Alina.
1: What um, What are the your priorities? Well, first of all, let me let me back up. How long has the the Cleveland Bay Horse Society of North America been in existence?
3: Um, it started, I think, uh, maybe in the eighteen hundreds
1: okay, so it's for for a while, so you I mean yeah, it's, it's not like it started time, but, just yesterday,
3: no, no, but then it then it's it stopped for a while um and um I think it just restarted back probably about what, maybe fifteen years ago, so oh, it's relatively okay. new, you know this the, the second coming, I guess it's
1: okay relatively new. <laughs> and and in that time, um my I'm going to assume that it's been the goal of the society to, to um, support the breed and, and help get those numbers back up. Um, have you, do you feel like that, that's happening? Do you feel like you're, you know, there are the breeding stallions that are out there are producing more? Um, you know, do you feel like the society is moving in the direction that it should?
3: Um, I feel like we're trying really hard. It's hard um, we're making great progress because there are there are more peers competing there are more peers getting out. I think in the beginning, there were mostly people had a infatuation of the breed. they had them in their in their yard, but they weren't doing anything with them so without seeing them in public, it was hard to really get market them right so um I think that we're being more successful the parts or there's more and more part breads out there when I first started looking for one for part bread to compete myself, I couldn't find one now I know there's two or three of them available for sale so um, I say, I think on one hand we are heading in the right direction, but we're not, there's still a number of pure breeding mares that aren't getting bred every year,
0: okay. but, you know, and, now you, and, and Michelle said something interesting that you actually have two stallions that are out there doing work. They're not just, uh, staying home. Uh, they're out there actually doing things.
3: Yes, they are. Um. My older stallion, he's competed in uh, some of the hunter-jumper shows, A shows. And the younger guy, he's just coming along, and we're still trying to focus him on competing and not being a stallion. So he's been to a few clinics, and we're talking about taking him to some shows this year. And, but he's still pretty young. I think he turned five this year. And for Cleveland Bay, that's you know, they mature very late. So hmm. still sure.
0: So what would you say are – how how can you get the numbers up is my question. Um, is there is there a movement in you know from England on out to try and do that to really to, to push the breed and to get get those numbers up, or are they happy with keeping it small?
3: I don't think anybody is happy with the the current status of the numbers just because they're so inbred. Um, right now they seem to be pretty um. healthy. You know, but I think if we don't increase the numbers, um, I, I I think we're all concerned about how healthy they're going to stay.
1: Okay. Um,
3: so I think we're all we all want the numbers to increase. The problem, of course, is you know, especially in the last couple of years with the economy here, it's hard to. You don't want to breed horses that aren't going to be used or taken care of, or you know, and you can only afford to do so much. You can, nobody can afford to have a, a herd of anything, really. You know. So, or not many people can, I should say. So I think that there's a, it's part of it's breeding and part of it's getting them out there and seen. And for some people, like for me, I'm more focused on trying to get them shown and not breeding. You know, I breed outside mares, but I don't have any mares of my own. I I bred one a couple of years ago that I'm going to start showing this year or next year. Um, Michelle bred one that she's going to show whenever she gets old enough. But, you know, if you're going to do that, you can't have five or six of them unless you have a lot of financial backing. So... Um, I think that some people are focused on showing Get them out there so people get an interest in them And then other people are focused on breeding them So if somebody's interested in them, they have something to buy
1: Right, okay
3: Yeah, It would be nice, in my opinion If if more people were able to do a little bit of both If the breeders were able to hook up with some people You know, to catch ride And because nobody's going to know about them If they don't see them And then nobody can buy them if they're not available So it's a double-edged sword, I think
1: well, what do you do when you're out there and you are you are showing and they're around? Do you, do you mean my first thought is well, let's put a big fat sign up on my trailer that says Cleveland Bays, <laughs> Cleveland well, Bays
3: Rock. You know, I mean, people seriously. have that, um, and I have uh, several of us have saddle pads, and I'll tell you, one of their most distinguishable physical characteristics is the huge ears, and people will invariably come up especially down here where there's just not so many, and say, well, that's the prettiest mule
4: I ever did see.
0: <laughs> i got to tell you guys, I'm looking at the baby We We were talking <laughs> about this before it. you came on. I'm looking at the, Cindy mentioned this, I'm looking at the baby pictures. These are some gangly-looking babies. Aww.
3: Yeah, it takes them a while to, to They
0: be, really you are. Know. I mean, I, I, they're, no. they're cute no, in their own not. way, but there's some gangly-looking babies here.
3: I'll send you pretty
1: baby pictures. They're
0: all pretty. They're all pretty. It's the ears,
1: you're right. So the ears are a distinguishing feature.
3: They all look alike. And I know I've had people, as I've come off the cross country course, I mean, literally crossing the finish line, and, and people have come up and said, Can I touch her tail? Is that real? (laughs) <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. Right, and then right. you just start saying, hey, well, have you ever heard of this? This is the Cleveland Bay. There's only 700 of them in the world. You know, hey, here's a card. Check out the site. You know, come to the stall. And we ha- I have a little a little flag that says Cleveland Bay Horse Society of North America, and I put it on my stall. And Emma's won a lifetime achievement, so I hang her thing on her stall. And, uh, you know, we're kind of we're as loud as we can be. I hope we're not terribly obnoxious
1: about it. No, well, you've got two more fans who are going to spread the word. So good, let's let's take it, let's make it viral. I mean, clear, you know, I, I'm in marketing, so and when you fall Great. in love with something, it's easy to talk about it. Yeah, but you you know you have to get out there. You have to sometimes you do just have to hold up a sign that says this amazing horse is a Cleveland Bay. Go buy one,
3: mm-hmm.
1: you know, or mm-hmm. or come ride one. Mm-hmm. When amazing. I judge,
3: I wear my Cleveland Bay shirt or a hat or you know something, and somebody invariably says, "What's that?"
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, hopefully we can get the word out to a few tens of thousands of people here around the world, and I'm That's taking true. a look too. And I, I th- it seems like breeding them with uh, paints is a is a thing too, which I wouldn't have uh, pictured. But there's some cute paint babies in here. Too. I'm just looking at pictures of babies here, guys. Um. <laughs> I, th- I think
3: is is Linda doing that, Tracy in um, Canada? Is she the one breeding I the paint so. horses. I think so. I think she is. There's some cute yeah. paints. Yeah.
0: Huh. But, and yeah, they have but, the bulk of the cleveland bay which is kind of cool now i would assume you know if we get back to the breed for a little bit and i know that uh tracy has to get going here too um if we get back to the breed a little bit the, i would think that i'm saying this knocking on wood for your guys benefit that they're probably less prone to breaking down than the thoroughbred because they seem to be more big boned and, and they're stockier horses
3: i think so yeah i think so too and yeah. I tell you what give them, I have had two Cleveland Bay thoroughbred crosses that I've ridden, both mares, very consistent in their rideability. Um, they have good work ethics, they're sound, and they want to please you, they love to do whatever you ask them to do, they don't give you an attitude, and, and they, they have different breeding, they're not related to each other, but they're both half Cleveland Bay, half thoroughbred. And, um, and the Cleveland Bay is not as forward, the pures are not as forward- you know, as a thoroughbred would be.
1: This
3: mm-hmm. is a nice mix. It's not like a really super hot thoroughbred, but it's not as quiet as the pure. I mean, they were make really nice work.
0: Mm. All I mean, right, well, thank you. Thank you,
1: Did see Epiphany you, Bay Constance baby on the website? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Any what? The, there's the Epiphany Bay Constance. Is one of the babies on the um, <clears throat> Cleveland Bay Horse Society of North America website under the full photos. Glenn, we have to put a link to these full photos. I know. That's That'd what I was be, just sitting here looking it? at. Yeah. Okay. Yes. I, and I can't believe Boulder. I just bought
0: a horse. I know. See, you blew it. No, see, you well, we were, we you were hoping right.
3: to get to you before you bought something. <laughs> you know, Gosh. you could always have
1: another one. You know what? Oh, yeah. We're having three stalls built just in case. Ah, there you well, there go.
0: See? There you That's
3: go. a rule
1: that you must fill all the stalls in the barn. Well, honestly, okay. you know what? I'm going to need a hunt horse because I, I, I really don't think Pie's going to hunt, so I'm going to have to get a hunt well, horse. Your he Arab
0: standard saddlebred's not going to hunt?
1: I don't know. He will, but he won't do it with all four feet on the ground. <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, Dr. Traver, thank you very much for being on. I know you have to head You're off welcome. to a patient. We appreciate you representing the Cleveland Bays here today.
3: You're welcome. Thanks for having us. We uh, appreciate
0: it. All right. Thank you, Dr. Traver. All
3: right. Yeah, bye. bye.
0: Well, this has been fun, Michelle. I'm so glad that you could come on. The hour's gone by so quickly here. We, there's probably a ton more to say about Cleveland Bays, but we just don't have time.
3: Well, we can come back anytime. I... At a girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, thank you very much, Michelle, and we're looking forward to having you and your husband up here at uh, our place during the World Equestrian Games, and I'm looking forward to gumbo. Yes,
3: yes. It, it'll probably be a little bit cooler there, so it'll probably be
0: gumbo weather. Yeah, it's going to be gumbo weather anyway, I can tell you that. I hope that's so. part of your pay for staying at our house.
3: Uh, he, he, no has,
0: he has to cook. That's his, that's his payment.
3: Yeah, I don't think he'll have a problem with that at
0: all. <laughs> all right, Helena, we have to wrap this up today. It's been fun talking about Cleveland Bays and, and doing another breed show, hasn't it? It's been yeah. good.
1: Yeah, it really, it, yeah. I'm excited about it because um, I want the world to know about uh, Cleveland Bays just as much as uh, Michelle and Dr. Traver do.
0: Well, and be sure to listen in again next week. As we said, we'll be, doing, uh, we'll be talking about uh, National Helmet Awareness Day. And I know that's something Michelle's very passionate oh, about as well. On. We've yeah. had that conversation. Yep. Um, the, well, you can find our show notes and links out to all of these places at stablescoop.com. And also, you can g- leave us feedback there. We're getting a lot more emails. We got a fascinating email this week that we can't read to people yet, Helena. And I really want to, don't you? Well, From Cricket.
1: You- Yes. Oh, yes. we can't
0: do it yet because she might become a guest on the show. And uh, she wrote us an email, and I responded to her. And hi, Cricket. She, li- she has listened to every show since episode number one. Um, so I'm saying hello to Cricket, and we want to get you on. We hope you get permission. She has to ask for permission, and we'll tell you why later. But. Um, we hope to get her on because she sounds so fascinating and like she has she has a most unusual story. And of course, that has to be close to your heart too. I didn't think about that from where you came from, Alina.
1: Absolutely, yeah. She's she's in the Greater New York Metropolitan Area. We'll uh, leave it at that.
0: Yeah. So we can't wait, uh, Cricket. Get that permission. We want you on the show. Well, and and you can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio and Helena at Helena underscore B E E. And you can find Michelle's website at.
3: at- www.rightlead.com,
0: and are you on Twitter or Facebook? Oh gosh, no.
3: Okay, that's we'll forgive. getting you. after me to do it, and all the girls <laughs> are after me to do it. So <laughs> I guess I'm going to
0: have to break down and do it. Come on, come on! We have to get you with the modern day here, Michelle, down I there know. in Louisiana. I know. All I right, know. we also I will do it. <laughs> we also want to thank. Uh, Equestrian Collections for for sponsoring the show today. Be sure to visit all the great shows on the Horse Radio Network. There's a lot of them now at horseradionetwork.com Well, Helena, we'll be back again next week when we talk about how to protect
1: your noodle.